Welcome to Talks, a bunch of, well, talks with builders that have things to say about DAOs, Web3, their life, and uh, other things. Today, I'm talking to Jordan Green, a.k.a. Starpause. He's an electronic music musician, producer, and sells NFTs at his concerts. He has conducted DAO workshops in beach cabanas. He believes DAOs and NFTs are so easy to understand that even a drunk person can make one. And because DAOs are the perfect mechanism to manage, recognize, and pay artists for work that can't always be measured by traditional systems, he became the product manager for AstroDAO on the near chain. First, however, I have to make, again, a statement requested by our lawyers. Here it comes. The information in this podcast is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only, without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. It is not intended to be and does not constitute financial advice, investment advice, trading advice, or any other advice. Cool. By the way, if you're listening to this podcast on Spotify or Apple or Google or any other platform, consider heading over to talk.dalhas.com. That is uh, talk.dalhas.com. Um, you're getting the exact same podcast that you listen to now, plus an interactive transcript and uh, links to topic sites and people and more talks on this. Let's jump in. Good morning, good evening, Jordan, aka Star Paws. How are you? <laughs> Great, yeah. Thanks for having me. What what what's Star Paws? <laughs> so um among the many things that I do, electronic music is one of them. And uh I've used many aliases for my electronic music throughout the years, and that's the alias that just stuck. And as Twitter got popular, that was the alias I was using, and now it's mine. <laughs> well, and uh, so it's kind of like your artist name. Are you actually using it publicly? I already interviewed people that are switching their en entire identity to, you know, um, pseudonyms or artist mm -hmm, names. I mean, mm -hmm. developer, yeah. like, like, you know, it's like developers with artist names. Are you using it frequently or are you just using it in Twitter? Oh yeah, I'm I'm fully doxed to Starpaws. Um, I've got an internet movie database entry, uh, discogs, and all that stuff. So, if you really want to know who Starpaws is, not that hard to find out. <laughs> very cool, very cool, very cool. Um, Starpaws. Now that you're saying that, you know, movie database, electronic music. What the f are you doing in crypto and code? Give me the rundown. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, my path into crypto was through an art and tech nonprofit that I've run for the past 11 years. So this is an organization that I co-founded with my partner, Bruno. And the whole point of it was to celebrate um, that, that intersection of art and technology, help technologists see the value of creativity, help artists get comfortable with technology and see it as a means of expression. We would do nightlife events, have a bunch of interactive installations, performances, we would do workshops, and this was all like in real life programming. And then 
COVID hit and like many businesses, we had to pivot and wound up doing um, online galleries. And then as part of our like online programming in that time to support our artists, we got into NFTs and we found it to be like a hugely successful thing. Um, we saw more sales in a couple months than we'd seen in the past 11 years and decided to run with it. Um, at the time, this was like, you could touch every NFT market that existed. So that's what I did. I, I went out there, I tried everything out. I tried every chain, I've minted everywhere. And I still love to mint everywhere and just experiment and see what's going on. Uh, now it's just a taller task to get all over the place. Um, and then in that process, really liked what I found at near as far as the tech, um, the NFT standard and the way splits and royalties worked. Um, our artists had concerned about environmental impact. So near was green, um, it's totally carbon neutral as a foundation. Um, and then the, just the ease of onboarding was is pretty amazing. Um, like when I play shows as an electronic musician in the in the merch booth, I, I can give people NFTs and they can be drunk and they can figure out how to do it. Like they scan their QR code, they get their NFT and they're like, oh, maybe crypto is not so hard. And then I'm like, well, don't don't lose your passphrase. <laughs> Well, that's, that's really, really cool. So um, I got to get back to you on this, you know, since, you know, when I'm working here, sitting at this table or any other table, since we're homeschooling our kids, I, they usually do homework with me here. And um, mm -hmm. our eight-year-old is being like dancing and singing, I think, <laughs> before he started walking. So he spends a lot of hours now on GarageBand on the iPad. Right. He got from Santa and um, because he listens into a lot of my talks and sees what I'm doing he does a lot of uh, he makes a lot of questions and I just uploaded his first I minted his first NFT awesome <laughs> so, congrats <laughs> so uh, I get it I'll look into near uh, gotta get your advice on the on the on the marketplace it's a good experiment mm -hmm. and a mm -hmm. good conversation how yeah. did he get from there to DAOs. Yeah. So as I was kind of exploring um, for my art and tech nonprofit and, and finding a good home for my artists that I could point them to, um, like as a day job, I do a lot of technology management. And I was at Google working on a version of material design for marketing pages. So um, I was in charge of a cross-functional team that shipped the design and the code to back that up. And then um, just kind of started seeing all these opportunities around the ecosystem. Um, more and more stuff popped up, people needed help. And I was like, well, maybe there's, maybe there's some meaningful work to do here. And, and that's how I got kind of like sucked into the, the crypto rabbit hole more than just NFTs was um, just all those opportunities in the near ecosystem. And joining near has been pretty amazing. Um, it's a very, like the rest of the crypto space, like a very chaotic environment and there's always something new to do. So I, I really thrive in environments like that where I get to kind of carve my own path. And that's how I wound up being part of the labs team at NIR. Um, so there's a NIR Foundation Labs. And then AstroDAO is one of the projects that we've incubated there. Um, and I'm the product owner for that, uh, founder. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's it's my baby. Love I love the DAOs. And it lines up a lot with what I was doing with um, like the art and tech nonprofit enabling people. Um, helping them find new ways of um, generating income, things like that. Being able to do that at scale for tons of organizations is just really satisfying work. Uh, so um, 
are you using Astro currently for any of your projects directly? Have you set up <laughs> Astro for anything that you're doing? Oh yeah, definitely. So probably my favorite example is um, we, me and a few other anime nerds came up with a character called Nier-chan and she's supposed to be like a representation of the chain, like a, a quiet, cute representation of the chain and avatar. Um, so we started a DAO to own her intellectual property. So she's a character owned by the DAO and she's creative commons. So everybody can draw her, remix her, use her for whatever. And then when we commission artists and resell the work, that money goes into the DAO and we can commission more artists. And yeah, that's, that's probably like one of my favorite examples, but also Kodame, my art and tech nonprofit has its own DAO. Um, yeah, the, the list goes on. DAOs, DAOs are so cheap and easy to make that they just keep on happening. <laughs> that's, 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 that's very cool. Um, so when you look at, you know, kind of the, the, the DAO landscape, specifically the tools and infrastructure frameworks that's there, um, what, what made you um, choose or stick or kind of get obsessed with Astro or Near um, compared to, you know, whatever, using Moloch Dao House or mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, using Aragon or looking into Colony or any of the other mm -hmm. existing um, frameworks that have been around for quite a while. And obviously you have an affinity for Near. But why not run on another chain, or why not simply see what can be, um, you know, brought over from another EVM chain mm -hmm. and emulated yeah. and run on near? Why another framework? Yeah, so near is not at its base EVM compatible. It it runs its own virtual machine, so a lot of the um, contracts that exist on it are from the ground up and the DAO framework, uh, Sputnik DAO is the, the technology under the hood of Astro. So the Sputnik contracts are from the ground up. And, um, one of the things I like about doing DAOs on near is the like speed of transactions and the cost of transactions. It's very inexpensive and it's so easy to do. It's like, I've held workshops to help people set up DAOs. Like outside in the park under a cabana and they're doing it on their phones and their tablets and like that just that ease of use um is amazing so that was one of the big things that attracted me to near in the first place and continues to be really great about it and then as far as like the the options like the other options that exist um all of those things are super exciting and I'm also part of DAOSTAR, which is a, a initiative to get all the DAOs publishing information about themselves in a consistent way. And then um, also publish like the happenings in the DAOs in a consistent way. So kind of like RSS for DAOs. And the DAO space is so collaborative. It's really awesome. What I'm hoping to see is um, some of these solutions um, from the EVM world actually deploy on Aurora, which is a EVM running on top of Nier. Um, we're we're looking at that at like later in the year probably and is another phase and then at the same time looking at how Astro will be able to accommodate those systems as well so that it brings that ease of use to any of the systems that that we touch or any of the like under the hood contracts um, so it's definitely in the roadmap um, but not part of the published roadmap at the moment. Got it. Um, and do you do you have a number on how many like active um, whatever the whatever you define as active, active DAOs are currently mm -hmm. using Astro? 
Yeah, so um, a few hundred DAOs have been created. And generally what we measure is like monthly active DAOs because a lot of people will do like payouts on a monthly basis. So we have over 200 monthly active DAOs. And in any given week, we see between maybe like 50, 80 DAOs being active um, in any given week. And people, because everything is done on the chain, like all the voting happens on chain because it's, it's fast and cheap and all those things. So the voting happens there, the payouts happen there, bounties happen there, um, polls happen there. Um, yeah, that, that's how we measure who who's active is when people are actually doing things with their DAO. If you had to guess, where will be the number of DAOs in Astro 12 months from now or two years from now? 12 months from now, easily 10x that um, we're, we're seeing explosive growth already. In the first quarter of this year, we're seeing as much activity as we saw in like the previous year. And we had a, a great year last year, like uh, total volume moving through the DAOs was over 12 million last year. And already in just this first quarter, there's already over 2 billion locked in the Sputnik contracts that Astro is an interface for. And yeah, it's the, the, growth, is, the growth is explosive. Wow, that's, that's amazing. Looking at DAOs, um, well, let's go one step back. Just from your you know, history and career, um, mm -hmm. you know, music, entertainment, film, multimedia, how did you actually end up in near and web three? Yeah, yeah. So I've always had like a, a mixture of interests. And with, with my art and tech nonprofit, one of the things we really wanted to do is to be able to pay people for valuable work that wasn't always being recognized by traditional systems. And the nonprofit, the Kodome started because my co-founder and I had a bunch of people coming into town for a conference and it was like a flash conference for flash developers back in the day and they all did their day jobs but then on the side they were like building drum machines and art generators and all this other crazy stuff and nobody was talking about it or celebrating it so we just like made the art and tech nonprofit to do that and basically threw an event and kept on doing so and then in line with that with DAOs and really looking at like the nature of work and, and where work is going in the next you know few years period of time, who knows exactly when the inflection point will be. Um, one of the things that I'm seeing is a lot of the decision-making jobs are starting to go away to be eaten up by like AI and things like that. So decision-making is like less of a skill than it used to be. And I think what that's gonna leave us with is creativity and expression and connection with one another. And those are things that are traditionally very hard to measure for, for like a regular workday. And it's something that DAOs are able to capture really well. Um, as an example, if an artist wants their uh, audience to retweet something, with a DAO, they can go and award each retweet and each comment with a token or a fraction of their currency. And that can happen in an automated way. So their audience is actually earning to engage with them. And previous to, to DAOs and, and these tools, like something like that would have been impossible that the transact, to make a transaction that small 
no credit card processor is going to touch that. Um, and even doing something like um, on, on a more expensive blockchain, it would be really hard. But um, thanks to, to Nier's, <laughs> Nier's fast transactions, cheap transactions uh, can actually pull things off like that. Right, and you know, looking forward. So, um, where do you think DAOs are going to have the 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 biggest impact, and what kind of organizations? Because obviously, you can set up with the DAO anything from a club to potentially a large corporation. But you know, if you would say, let's fast forward five years, where do you think you know this technology is going to have the most transformative and most relevant? and deepest impact. Mm -hmm. I do think that there's huge, huge opportunity in, in like the, the space of like the gig economy and, and making it run a lot smoother and taking middle management out of the picture so that the value that people are putting into these systems goes more directly back to them and they get more out of it. Um, I think that that's like another one of those like nature of work in the next few years, things we're gonna see. Um, and I think that, again, the example of like creative, uh, creative folks, at least half the DAOs on Nier are probably like arts organizations or people doing art projects, whether it's profile picture projects or something else like that. The creative industry is touching almost all of it somewhere. Um, so we're, we're seeing a lot of like creatives getting value out of DAOs and embracing like the, the Web3 technology. Uh, for somebody that um, is an artist, um, is either making music or you can, you know, group this or separate this or um, mm -hmm. is doing digital art um, and has not been involved yet in the in, in minting his own NFT, has not been mm -hmm. part of like any DAO or any, you know, project. What, what would you recommend? Like, what is the, what is like a, a, a good path forward? Like, you know, we're sitting at a dinner conversation and go there, I'm doing this and you're going like, ah, I'm running, like, I got, oh, you know, what do I do? What, what, you know, what do you recommend where to start and what path to take? Yeah, yeah. Um, my my go-to is just to get somebody set up with a near wallet because it can happen so quick and then they get a name a named wallet, like the ENS style naming is built in to the account model. So you just get a named wallet. And then I point them at Pros, which is one of the marketplaces on Near, where you can just go and mint your first NFT. Um, nobody needs to give you permission to do so. And that just gives them that experience. And a lot of the times it doesn't really click until somebody buys their NFT from them. So usually that's what I'll do next is I'll be like, well, how much is that worth? <laughs> and, and, you know, once they have that experience of actually selling an NFT, it really clicks for people. Um, that's what I've found. How is near in this context for somebody that hasn't tried it out um, in terms of abilities of then off-ramping this again, because people might say, oh, great, okay, so I sold my NFT, I got some kind of token, but, you know, I still got to have to pay rent. <laughs> how, how is that, you know, looking at it on the global scale, not on, you know, one or two countries, but um, how's the off-ramping um, capabilities on near these days? 
Yeah, I think it's come a long way in the past few months. Um, I believe that now MoonPay is globally available and is an off-ramping option. Um, I'm I'm not totally up to speed on all of the options, and I think that like in official capacity, I'm not supposed to even mention any names for how you deal with that side of things. But put the speed um, into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I mean, there's there's decent options that are available globally now. Um, it's it's not like um, yeah, I think that like Coinbase in the United States is missing still, but there's um, there's like OKCoin and um, KuCoin and a few others, uh, Gate.io that that are that are working globally. All right, okay, um, we'll keep this in mind and um, pass this on when if, you know uh, people are asking me about it and um, <laughs> you know and listen to it. So this is good. Um, yeah. It's good information. Um, Let's look at another example. Um, uh, I'm also involved in this project um, to produce a movie um, about like an uh, African street band that ended mm -hmm. up playing in like Roskilde and Woma and Womax and so on. They're doing their first US tour. Kind of amazing uh, uh, story from, from Malawi. And uh, uh, I just helped the project to you know, present to some film grants and the next step is here to you know leverage DAO a DAO and you know build a DAO and leverage NFTs to you know potentially fund awesome. the movie. Um, it's a bit different because you know there's no it's not that we're, there's going to be some artwork directly minted that relates already to the movie, could be or not. But if you take something like this as an example, um, just because I happen to be in, in a bunch of this conversation about movies, how mm -hmm. would you how you would you go about um, doing this? And what do you think are the main arguments again to do this potentially on near instead of you know doing this on mainnet or another chain uh, with another mm -hmm. DAO? Yeah, yeah. Um, so these are the kind of stories I love. When when somebody comes to me with a project where there's an actual mission and there's something that they're trying to get done, and then the question is, how do we use the tool to get there? Versus um, sometimes it's a lot of like, okay, so we can make DAOs, we can make NFTs. Now, how do we get people to pay attention and what are they good for? Like, the, there's two sides of people come come to me with these these kind of questions. So I love the fact that you've already got a mission and a project. And what you're talking about to me sounds like an INO, like an initial NFT offering where you're kind of kickstarting the project by offering the NFT for sale. You get the funds in and then you're able to execute because of that. And then down the line, maybe there's some reward for the people who contributed to it, or maybe they just get the joy of knowing that it happened. Um, I think that Nier is a pretty, a pretty great place to make things like this happen because um, like just very tactically compared to mainnet, it's easier to stand out and there is a decent amount of capital floating around. So um, it makes it a little bit easier to sell your story. But I believe that if you have a high quality story that it will do well anywhere. Um, one of the reasons why I would point people to near is again, the onboarding, the ease of onboarding. Um, I think that it's exceptional for that. So it's not just crypto people that you'll be appealing to, but if you do have like um, a donor that is is new to crypto, doesn't understand it necessarily, but 
you want to be able to point them at a web page, let them buy the crypto with their credit card using MoonPay or whatever else is set up, and then make their donation that way or buy their NFT that way. Um, totally possible. Um, MintBase will allow you to buy NFTs with credit cards. Um, Drawstring is another like NFT shop that is doing credit card-based payments. So um, it's everything is in place to make it pretty easy to pull something like this off and to accommodate like all kinds of users, not just crypto users, but everyday users. Oh, that's great. If you look um, forward again now from here for the you know, next 12 months, year or two, what are the aspects in terms of features of, you know, DAOs and what DAOs are going to be able to do that get you most excited? Like what are, what are the things that you're kind of waiting for and you can't wait, you know, to, to see them live and go like, oh, no, I can use it. You know, I can click it. What, what are the transformative things that, you know, you see in the pipeline for DAOs in general, as well as for Astro, you know, specifically? Yeah, yeah. This is such a funny question because the things that I'm most excited about being so close to like the product and DAOs and every day, just like being neck deep in it is like, I'm really excited about having things like KYC built into the DAO interfaces to make um, like granting easier and to make like payment processing easier. And I don't think that those things are necessary for everybody. But um, on just a logistic level, like for Near Foundation to pay people out a grant, for example, you've got to go through a process of KYC that involves several steps, talking to several people, and then eventually you get your grant and it can take up to a week. If KYC was right there in the tool, and, and we do have this in process or in flight, um, you, you, that would all happen within like an hour versus, you know, a week. So things like that, I'm really looking forward to just so that it's it's more streamlined and nobody has to wonder like, what is the process and figure out what the process is. Just come to AstroDAO, make your proposal, it gets voted through and the payment happens like all in a way that makes legal happy and it makes everybody happy because it was easy. Like to me, that's gonna be just a beautiful thing. Um, another thing I'm really excited about that we're shipping this quarter is like a revamped bounty system that looks and feels more like a job board and acts kind of like a task planner manager as well. Um, I was talking earlier about like the gig economy and I think that um, DAOs are great for this kind of thing. Like if, if there's some work that you can define well and delegate, like DAOs are a great way to get that bounty out there and get people to contribute towards your cause. Um, and then some of the other stuff that's like more, more blue sky thinking, um, in the, in the future for AstroDAO is like the ability to have an app store of things you'd want to do with your DAO. Uh, on, on near the way the account model works, like your DAO has a wallet and it can perform any action on the chain that any individual user could perform. Now the interface might not always make sense for that because you're used to like logging into a website with the web wallet, et cetera. Um, but once we have this kind of like app store for tasks, then people will very easily with a click be able to launch their own NFT shop from their DAO, mint NFTs from their DAO, buy NFTs with their DAO, um, do DeFi with their DAO. All, all, all the things that people like to do on blockchains can, can do it as a DAO. Um, and then kind of the, the last thing that I'm super excited about is the interoperability one thing I love about working in the DAO space is how collaborative everybody is. And 
um of course there's like competition but it's the friendliest competition i've encountered in the blockchain space everybody's really like excited about this new way of working and making sure that our systems can talk to each other so um yeah working on dao star and being able to like share information between DAOs and to be able to collaborate regardless of what chain a DAO is living on this kind of stuff is so exciting very very cool um and further looking obviously when you know, um, when you start and, and you talk to a lot of people that are, you know, still outside the Web3 and crypto mm -hmm. um, space. And, you know, I typically run into profiles of people that, you know, are, um, you know, this is this that have this utopian idea about what, you know, Web3 is going to do to the world, or mm -hmm. they have a really dystopian idea and, you know, um, uh, of total control and you know then you have when you connect this in this curve there's you know when they don't have any of this two yet they're rather often skeptical um mm -hmm. you know kind of this thing psychologically speaking you would and like find a pattern of adaption of you know keeping a distance because it's too complex and then you know realizing it's all scams you know mm -hmm. and, schemes, and then going um to think it's full of arms dealers and uh, <laughs> paid assassins and you know drug market places and you know it's kind of an evolution. From your own perspective, where do you believe will this path actually take us? Yeah, yeah, it's it's a really interesting question, and I think that one of the most key points about the way that blockchains work is that it's not owned by a centralized organization so the place where it will go will directly reflect the people who use it and who run the network and that is a large public from all over the world if your blockchain is you know truly decentralized so i i'm i'm not somebody who's going to say that you know, all technology is evil or all technology is good. It's really neither. It's the people behind it. And um, blockchain is just another example of that. It's going to reflect its its users and its creators. So um, I think that as far as things like total control go, it's a matter of of what what you as a user are in control of more than what the network is in control of. And as long as that control stays with the user, then things are going to be fine. And I think that there's there's good headway being made there with like ZKs and everything else that's going to allow for like more granular um, disclosure of information about yourself. Like if you have a decentralized identity and you want to just reveal like, maybe you only want to reveal your sex or maybe you only want to reveal your age or maybe you only want to reveal where you're living. Um, all that kind of stuff will be possible. And because it's, sitting in the hands of users and in, and it's not sitting in the hands of a, a giant centralized database. Um, I, I tend to think that it's a lot less um, a lot less inclined to be corrupted. It's, it's absolute power corrupts absolutely. So if something is centralized, it's almost inevitable that something will go wrong. Um, if, if everybody has their own um, small little thing that they own and uh, they're in charge of their own information and not responsible for other people's information, then I think we're going to be okay. Star pause. That was <laughs> excellent. Thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me.